Alright, welcome back everybody to another episode of Center of Attention. Well, I guess this one could be called Centers of Attention, since Dom is also a center now. He was a tackle, got moved back to center. Um, but my guest is going to be Dom Pilato, my brother, uh, one of my best friends. And we talk about a lot of stuff. We get we play Get to Know, The Dancing Bear, um, where I ask him about some of his favorite things. Uh, we start off, there's this thing going around social media called Nickelback Flash Mobs. So I asked him if he would want to be in one of the Flash Mobs. I give him a little bit of shit saying that I think it would be more of a Maroon 5 Flash Mob because he's a big Maroon 5 Flash Mob fan. I saw, I came home to him singing karaoke to a uh, Maroon 5 song. So that's kind of what we started off with. We talked about his favorite living karaoke partner, who his go-to karaoke partner would be of all time. Um, and what his go-to song would be, go-to songs. We did a top five movies of all time, so a, a, a Mount Rushmore and an honorable mention. As I, I'm pretty sure you can hear the microwave going off. The big guy got hungry while we were sitting here recording the podcast. Um, and then we talk about Colorado recruitment in high school and how he's doing at UNC, how he's feeling being up at, in Greeley now. Um, talked about how his he was feeling while I was in the hospital during my medical episode. Um, talk about the the good news that I got from the doctor today about my doctor's visit from last Friday and uh, whether or not he has any recommendations about coping methods or um, if it's kind of just a if you're just gonna have to deal with it on your own. Everybody's different. Um, and then we talk we spent probably about half an hour talking about WWE just because he gets a little bit diarrhea of the mouth sometimes, and that's a topic that he enjoys talking about. Um, and then finish out, since this is coming out the day after Christmas, finish out talking about best and worst Christmas memories, favorite presents that he's ever gotten, that kind of thing, and then his social media handles. Um, you can follow me, as always, on Twitter, at Jimmy Pilato. It'll The link will be in the show notes. Instagram, at proud underscore WAP. And then um, Facebook, just Jimmy Pilato. And you can follow Dom on Twitter at Dom Pilato, all under all lowercase. And um, on Instagram at Dom Pilato 63, all lowercase as well. Um, and then you can, um, if you like the show, you can still listen on Spotify and... As the dogs are kind of going nuts in the background. Um, you can listen on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Radio Public. Stop. Hey, be quiet. I'm doing work. Um, you can listen on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, and Radio Public. Just search Center of Attention on those, and you'll be able to find it on Spotify. It'd be great if you like listening to the show. Follow us on Spotify. These come out every Thursday. And uh, we'll hopefully be able to get more guests on at some point. Um, but this was a good one. I think this will be a really good episode for you guys. If you've never listened to Start Listening, you can go back and listen to all the episodes on any of those platforms. Um, I talked about it last week. Hopefully Apple Podcasts gets, you know, lets us be on there at some point. But uh, thanks for listening and be sure to tune in once again next week. Um, but we're going to get right into the episode here. Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out.
It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Now I'm here with the dancing bear, Don Pilato. You wanted to be the first guest, wasn't able to be the first guest, but I guess number two will have to do. I guess number two will have to do. You used to be number two, but... Oh, that's that's a low blow, I'm not gonna lie. Well, of course it's a low blow. I get to the finally... Haley knows how much I make fun of you, now everybody will get to know how much I make fun of you, too. Oh, that's just great. That's just great. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you're very excited about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. What's going on, everybody? Well, we got some th things that we wanted to talk about. Um, we're recording this amidst uh, Zoo of Puppies and Rocky because he can't be considered a puppy anymore because of his gray beard. Um, but we're going to record this and get this put out. Uh, it'll actually come out the day after Christmas, so I'll drop it on Thursday. Um, so that'll be fun. But we kind of, I mean, you just got done with your first semester of college, finally been home now for a little bit. Um, what's going on? What's new with you? Uh, I'll be honest with you, not a whole lot. Uh, I just found out uh, about a week ago that the U University of Northern Colorado Bears have a new head coach in Ed McCaffrey, um, which is only funny for me because I've played against him for about 10 years, all the way through Little League and high school. So uh, it's going to be interesting to be on the same side of the field as him as opposed to the other side. But uh, other than that, not a whole lot. First semester of college done, grades were all good. And uh, just kind of been hanging out until I have to head back. Yeah, you're a nerd, right? You're that's what you're studying in college, being a nerd. You're trying to get your degree in nerdery. I mean, I'm pretty sure the the technical term is mathematics, but uh, nerdery I guess nerdery would work too. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna sit in the tank and do math problems all day. Yeah, pretty much. Call it the geek tank. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you had a good first semester. Um, it's kind of. We don't have to get into it if you don't want to, but there was a little bit of drama surrounding where you were going to go to school and all that. But now that you're in a place where you're probably going to you're going to finish out, you're going to be able to get a master's degree, and you're going to be able to play football. It's all working out now, no matter how difficult it was to get there. Yeah, uh, and I probably would rather not get into that on the podcast. Um, but yeah, like you said, it, it's been a little bit of a long road, but now that we're here, it's it seems like it's it's right and it's everything's working out. So you redshirted. Um, did you want a redshirt going into the season, or were you trying to? If you weren't injured, were, would you have wanted to redshirt, or would you have rather played right away and only been there for four years instead of five now? Uh, for me, I, I mean, I always want to go out there and play as much as I can even that meant even if that meant uh, just four games and then uh, they would keep me redshirted for the rest of the season or however it was going to uh, play out I honestly never wanted to get injured I don't think anybody ever does and I would definitely not wish that injury on my worst enemy for sure uh, not being able to use one of your arms for a month and a half or so is not fun nobody should ever have to go through that but uh I mean, if I would have been able to help the team out and maybe shown us a little bit more success than what we saw, because I think we only won two games, something like that. Um, you know, if, if I would have been able to help our team out, uh, then I definitely would have wanted to play. Um, but, you know, it just ended up not working out that way. Yeah. Um, 
I, I understand how that works. Uh, I redshirted, but I was a traveling redshirt, which I think is actually worse than just redshirting because you don't get to have your weekends free of, of football. Um, well, we're, we're going to get right into some of the stuff that we wanted to talk about. Uh, I was actually, it might have been on TikTok. I was on social media last week, and I saw a, a new trend that's going on. Um, this one was a Nickelback flash mob where people kind of get together. They have the music playing in the background, and they, I think they were miming playing the instruments as well, but it was in, like, the town square, and they were doing a, a flash mob. So uh, I just want to figure out when we should pencil you in for the Maroon 5 flash mob and whenever that was going to go, when, when that was going to go down. You know uh, you know me. Uh, you've, you've known me my entire life, obviously. Um, but Who are you? <laughs> whatever. Um, but, you know, I have very little self, self-shame. Um, so, you know, whenever you, you can just give me a call, at least give me an hour to get down to the town square or something like that. And as soon as the music starts playing, you already know I'm going to go hard. So, yeah, Will you be putting your nipples out like Adam Levine at the halftime show or is, do the nipples stay private? You know is that, that there's a strong possibility that that would happen. A very strong possibility, like 95%, 95% chance that's probably going to happen. And then you'll draw on the rest of the tattoos to make it uh, as meaningful as possible. Draw on? I'm all in. We're going to get all those tattoos, and we're, we're going to see if we can actually remake uh, the halftime show. So is, is Maroon 5 the band that you would do that with, or is it? do you have another band that you had in mind for a flash mob? Maroon 5 would probably be one of them. Uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't hate some Nickelback, too. Um, it's I know that's not the uh, very popular opinion, but some of Nickelback songs I do I do enjoy. Um, I would do Guns N' Roses for sure, Queen, um, and honestly, if you threw on you know Real Slim Shady, I might be there in a white tank top and jeans, just singing along. So you know, there's 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 a a bunch of different uh, bands that I would probably do it with, but. I'm going to leave that up to the dealer's choice. Well, the thing is, is that you would have to organize a flash mob. I don't know if anybody else is down to do that. So uh, Yeah, I, I got a couple friends. I got a couple friends. And if anything, I could get them, uh, some of the football players up at school to do it. Um, but yeah, I can. I could probably figure that out. Is that, I mean... Do you think that it's a fun thing that's going on? Or what did you... Because when I saw the trend that that started with the flash mob kind of thing. I didn't expect it to happen, and I'm not entirely sure my feelings on it. The video that I watched was pretty funny. It was just great because it was a whole bunch of people that I don't think, um, like yourself, had it very much shame. So they were all just kind of jamming out like they were actually rocking a concert. But, uh, I mean, what are you, what are your thoughts on, on people doing these flash mobs to try and... Um, you know, go viral and get famous on on the internet. I mean, am I surprised that it happens? No, I, I feel like uh, anybody has that little bit of uh, want to or uh, hope that they can do something that they find either funny or entertaining um, and try to make themselves famous. So I don't know if I'm surprised by it, but I mean. It seems like there's just a lot of those trends that go around, especially on that TikTok uh, app, which is supposedly supposed to be the new Vine, R.I.P. Vine. But, uh, you know, it's it's 
not surprising to me. Um, but that's pretty much all I can say about it. I haven't, I haven't seen it myself. Well, kind of sticking in that same vein, um, I talked about my love of karaoke, and a, a lot of people who know me know my love of karaoke. Uh, you're the same way. Uh, we're brothers. Uh, I just wanted to know. I, I actually might be going to a karaoke bar tonight. We're recording this on a Monday, and when we're going to put this out um, this week, I, I might be going to a karaoke bar tonight. Just wanted to get a couple of thoughts uh, for from you on karaoke. Um, go to karaoke partner. It can either be somebody in your life or somebody who's famous. We actually might do both. Um, who would you do it in front of? Would you do it in front of a bar full of strangers? Would you only do it in front of family? And uh, what are your go-to songs? So first we'll start off with partners. Um, let's see. Are, are we doing both? Yeah. Uh, start okay. off with the p- person in your life who, you, who would be your go-to partner, and then we'll go to a famous partner. See, person in my life, I might have a couple. I, I would say any one of my siblings I would definitely pick. Um, if I guess I had to say just for the sake of the podcast, I'd probably pick you as one of mine. Um, shameless shameless host plug. Sure, shameless host plug. But uh, I would definitely pick – I'd have you as uh, one of my um, partners. And then I guess anybody at all – Ever, I would either pick um, Axl Rose from Guns N' Roses or um, Freddie Mercury from Queen. Why Axl Rose? I love Guns N' Roses. Sweet Child of Mine is definitely one of my top five favorite songs of all time. Um, but I also had to take a history of rock and roll class this last semester. So you you know how bad of a person he is, especially to people who he performs with, right? I do, I do, but I mean it's a kar- it's, it's a karaoke song. It's all supposed to be for good fun, and I guess if he takes it that way, then it's my own fault for picking him as a partner. But um, I would think that at least for you know four or five minutes, however long the song would be, he would be at least a decent partner. Yeah. Uh... Good luck getting a fucking word in edgewise oh, with him, but uh, that's an interesting choice. I mean, Freddie Mercury is an easy, easy response. I, yeah, I feel like you know almost everybody. If you asked them if if you could sing with Freddie Mercury once in your life, would you do it? They'd probably say yes. Well, actually, I was gonna say Brian May, but fine, we can go with Freddie Mercury. You know, I'd be fine with Brian May. I love Brian May, one of he my had, favorite guitar players. He has time. way better hair than you do. Yeah, I know. And he still has way better hair than you do. He's always gonna have way better hair than I do. <laughs> Um, okay, so we got your, your go-to partner. Would you do it in front of a random bar full of strangers? I mean, like I said before with the flash mobs, I have very little, if any, self-shame. So, you know, I, I would not be opposed to a bunch of, uh, strangers, you know, being the ones that are in the audience. It doesn't really matter to me. Obviously, I've sung in front of, um, my family, uh, multiple times I, you guys have a video of me dancing from a party that we had from however long ago so it's not like I'm, a, I'm against any of that but uh yeah no i wouldn't i wouldn't uh be against performing in a, in a bar full of strangers all right so now we got to go to your top pick so i know you're probably going to have multiple answers for this one but I, i'm actually going to just play 
a few songs and you can you can tell me yes or no. And I'm calling an audible on this. I was going to just ask him what his go-tos were going to be, but I'm going to call an audible and he doesn't know what um songs I'm picking. So um let's see which one are we going to start off with? You know what? I'm not gonna lie, this might this might be on there. This might be one of them for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's on there. No doubt about it. I mean, yeah, but if I was gonna do this one, I'd probably pick Ed to do it with me. <laughs> Well, now that we've outed you as a closeted Avril Lavigne fan, what are some of the songs that you would pick um, just on your own? Which ones would you want to sing karaoke? And this is Now, this is your big moment, bar full of strangers. Everybody's drunk. It's almost last call. What's your go-to? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big country and rock guy, so I, I guess my go-to... I love Luke Combs. Um... And one of his one of one of my favorite songs that he's put out pretty recently, actually, um, it's called "Better Together." Even though it's kind of a slower song, um, yeah. I so might, we're bringing we're bringing the mood down before everybody goes home. We might bring the mood down home. a little bit, but uh, and then I guess a second choice would be uh, Walker McGuire's uh, "Mysteries of the World." I love that song. Uh, it's a new one that I've come across. I don't know if it's brand new or anything like that, but uh, it's kind of sappy. So I don't know if you really want to play it on the podcast, but. Uh, it's uh, another good one that I found um, just recently. So do you, do you fancy yourself a good old boy? I mean, I guess in certain ways, yeah. Hmm. Why does beer have to taste so good? Okay. Well, that's a new one that I'll have to look into because I never heard that one before. So you got a bunch of good ones. There's another one called Lost. I mean, if you just put his station on Spotify, there's a lot of good stuff that comes up. Hmm. Well, I, I hadn't heard of him before, so but that was uh, that was a nice little exercise. We kind of figured out where you stand on a lot of things. Um, now I think what we're gonna get into is probably gonna be. I gotta give that uh, credit, by the way, finding that song to my girlfriend Haley. I just gotta do that. No shout outs on my podcast. Well, too too bad. You already have the you already have it recording No shout outs on my podcast. You're saying it. No soup for you. You're talking about it and we're thinking about it, so it's happening. Well, well now that you kinda hijacked my podcast, you, do you want to lead into the next thing or, or do you want me to continue my role as host? You go go ahead. Keep going. You're doing a good job. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's not like I've done this for two and a half years. Um Top five movies of all time. You and I watch a ton of movies, and we watch a ton of different clips on YouTube. So I know this will probably be difficult for you, giving your top five movies of all time. It's a Mount Rushmore, just add a face into the mountain. Okay, okay, I can do that. Uh, I would probably say number five, and we watch it probably once once a year. Normally it would be before wrestling season started, but since neither of us have wrestled in three years, something like that, uh, we haven't really done that, but it was uh, Vision Quest. That's probably my number five. Okay, uh, so that's the f- that's the face that's added into the Mount Rushmore. I would say that's probably the face that's added into the Mount Rushmore, just because I mean it's a great story. It's got the sports aspect to it. 
Um, and it, it's, it reaches a lot of different audiences. It's not just for meatheads, but it's not just for people who are looking for love stories either. Okay. Uh, so we got Vision Quest as like an honorable mention. If we got to redo Mount Rushmore, we put five faces in it. That's one of them. Okay, next one. The next one, uh, this one kind of caters more towards sports fans, but it's also just a classic. It's, uh, I would probably say Miracle. Disney's Miracle. Uh, I mean... Great moments are born from great opportunity. There you go. See, it, I mean, it's quotable. It's about a true underdog story. It's it's a feel-good story. And, uh, I mean, it, even if you weren't alive back for when uh, the U.S. actually beat the Soviets in the Olympics for the gold medal, you know, it it, it still is a great story for you to watch, and it's very entertaining. Um, so that's probably number four. Okay. Number three, I mean, it's another it's another sports type movie, but it's also got a bigger purpose behind it. It's Remember the Titans. Um, it, it's obviously about a football team. Um, and Herman Boone actually just died last week. I actually did not know that. Mm -hmm. That's really sad. Yeah, he uh, he's eighty four and passed away last week. Jeez, I mean, eighty four is a good run. Don't get me wrong, but. Uh, you know, it, it's it's about uh, a team that is somewhat forci forcibly forcibly. Yeah, I think that's yeah, the right word. it was uh, segregated. Yeah, they, they were they were forced to uh, basically mix, uh, for lack of better term, desegregation. Desegregation. The, there we go. Yeah. But um, you know, it's, they don't have that one. In, they don't have that word in the think tank, huh? No, no, they don't. It's all uh, symbols and pie and all that different stuff. But. Um, but, I mean, it's it's a great movie. It's it's uh, the you know it's showing that uh, you know teamwork is a lot uh, more important, and it's a great lesson to learn. Um, but it it also has the football clips that um, kind of cater towards the the football player in me. So that was number three. Uh, number two, I I think I got to go with. Um, Man, this is a lot harder than I thought, honestly. Um, <coughs> number two... You're doing fine. I would probably say is... Uh, for me, and this this is not going to be a popular opinion, but I, I love dumb humor movies, so I'd probably throw Meet the Spartans up there. Wow. Uh, yeah. You put knew, that on a Mount Rushmore and I'd, it's not I'd the fake face? On, I'd put that on a Mount Rushmore. Wow. I did. You put that above Remember the Titans, Miracle... And Vision Quest. All of these could be rearranged. Let me just put it out. Well, there. I wanted them in order. Well, fine. Then put that one as number five and then uh, move everything up one. But So then I guess number two would end up being Remember the Titans. Okay. If we do that. Re-justify Meet the Spartans because that's it's, a it's, piece of shit movie. It's funny it's, to it's, watch. I mean, yeah, it's hilarious to watch. And I, I mean, I guess if you watch it over and over again... Uh, you know, on the same day, one day right after another, like if you find it on TV or something like that, it gets it gets old for sure. But uh, I I would say if you watch it, you know, Carmen every Electra. once in a while, Carmen yeah, I mean Electra. it's got Carmen Electra. It's it's got um, I can't even remember the actor's name, but it's the one heavy set Spartan that they uh, bring with them. And everybody's trying to do a beer commercial or a Gatorade commercial, something like that. And then it shoots over to him, eating a bunch of Krispy Kremes, shoving them into his cape and everything like that. And he's got an airbrush six-pack on. I mean, the Oracle says our painted on abs look fake. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, 
it, it's probably going to get argued with. I, I would not doubt that, you know, there's other movies that could potentially be put on there. But You're going to piss off our 12 listeners. I am going to piss off your 12 listeners. Um, but, you know, that that's just uh, my, I guess that would be num- my number five. So the honorable mention. But number one for me is Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, like I said earlier, I love Queen. Um, and I did, before the movie came out, I did know more or less the story of Freddie Mercury and the band. But uh, kind of, I mean, even though it was a little bit embellished by Hollywood, I mean, every movie is. You're not always going to get a, a perfect um, product, I guess, unless it's a documentary. But uh, I would definitely say Queen uh, is one of my favorite bands. So Bohemian Rhapsody getting kind of more of a, a deeper glimpse into everything that transpired um, all the way back from, I think they started in the early 60s late 60s the and then early seven, late 60s and then the 70s is when they got together uh right, well I, i'm talking about like the entire story but uh so yeah i guess well, the, i mean it would have been yeah you're right he's an old it starts man out, right well it starts out with uh would have been an old man i guess he's dead been dead for a well, while now that i think about it the movie starts out with him going to the bar and joining them after the lead singer walks out but um so i i would definitely say just kind of like the music uh showing how some of the music like I didn't realize that We Will Rock You came just from somebody stomping their feet in the music studio. Fake. Fake news. Um, You know, I mean, to me, that's just an interesting uh, take on it, but it also shows me more aspects of uh, one of my favorite bands. Uh, That was actually the the We Will Rock You part was the most controversial in the movie because um, they did... The way the the songs play in the movie were released out of order, because um, We Will Rock You was on like their first or second, you know, when Stewie's scared of the News of the World record. Oh right, that's what yeah. We Will Rock You was originally on. They just kind of released it out of order, and Freddie Mercury wasn't the first one to leave the band and try and go solo. Bonus points: Who was the first one to try and leave the band to go solo? I want to say that it might have been Brian May, but I could no, be wrong. no, it was not. Was it uh, the drummer? What's the drummer's name? Oh my god. Why can't I remember the drummer's name? Come on. I Roger Taylor. And what was Roger Taylor in school to do before they started the band? He was a dentist. Dentist, yeah. Good. Dental dental good. You're not a complete queen fraud. No, I'm not a complete queen fraud. Um So those are your top five movies you're gonna put Bohemian Rhapsody. On your top five. Uh, yes, I would put Bohemian Rhapsody um, in my top five for sure. Are you interested in, in my top five to see if they're similar or different? I mean, if... I, I have a feeling that it's going to be pretty sim- similar, uh, some of them. A, like, lot, a lot of people think that we're pretty much the same person, and it honestly might be difficult for people to tell wh- who's speaking on the podcast because we sound similar and we have similar cadence to... I think the only way that people will be able to tell is because I'm better at speaking in a public forum than you are. You know what? I'm going to give you that one just because, I mean, you are communications. Th- thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you for coming here and doing the interview for you're, us. You're welcome, sir. You're welcome, yeah. sir. It's a good, good press conference. Good press <laughs> conference. Um, so if we're going to do the, the fake Mount Rushmore and have the, the fifth face on it as well. Huh. I don't know if I'm going to take it as seriously as you did. And have a whole bunch of dramas. I think my fifth movie would probably be American Pie. 
and the first American Pie. I love all of them, but the first one, mainly because it was one of the first sex comedies like that with teenagers as the cast, and they did it to the point pretty well to where, yeah, it was all about sex, and that's the entire driving thing of the movie, but you don't focus on that the entire time. You're more focused on, yeah, you want all the characters to to get laid before they graduate high school, but you actually get invested in how these people are, are interacting. I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm not going to lie, and you can you can question it all you want, but that was one of the movies that I was debating for my, for my number five spot. Oh. So it, I couldn't decide if it was going to be American Pie, the original, American Reunion, which is... Uh, I mean, it's like the sixth. Of course, or seventh, of course, you would pick the one with the dick shot. Mm, I forgot about that. But anyway, it's. I mean, it's the last movie that they had made. Um, I, I couldn't. I just. I was trying to decide between those ones, but I ended up going with uh, Meet the Spartans as my number five. So that's that's gonna be my fifth one. My number four will kind of be in, in my. This will count as my football movie. I'm gonna do. Um. The Replacements. I think The Replacements is my number four because that was actually a real thing that happened. They really did play four games, but it was the first four games in real life with replacement players. Um, uh, I love the prison dancing scene when they danced I Will Survive. That's one of my favorites. Fumiko is still the greatest guard of all time, and you will never be able to change my mind. I'm not going to try to change your mind on that. Um, and Shane Falco. I think everybody would want to play for a quarterback like Shane Falco. Also, add I Will Survive to my karaoke list. You're going to go Gloria Gaynor for... Get everybody moving in the bar. Why not? Yeah, that would probably be a better song than any of the ones that you picked. Hey, whoa, you You want to end on it. a downer. Watch it. You want to send everybody crying in their beer. Watch it. Um. So that's my number four. My number three... Um... My number three is probably going to be Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's probably my favorite Arnold movie. And, um, I mean, I'm a big 80s action movie fan. I love Jean-Claude. I love Stallone. I love Schwarzenegger. Uh, But I do think that that's my favorite of the Schwarzenegger movies. Um Number two, and the last two are going to be Sylvester Stallone movies. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. My number two is going to be Rambo First Blood. I thought that was going to be your number one, actually. No, I like Rambo First Blood. Um, The scene where he's crying um, in the gas station towards the end is still pretty powerful. It's one of my favorite scenes in all the movies. And then my number one is the original Rocky. Mm, And we named two of our dogs after those two movies the original rocky is great because uh it it honestly could have just stayed as a one movie one movie series because he didn't want to win he didn't care if he won or not he just wanted to go the distance and that's what he did and the most important part of the movie was him finding love instead of actually winning the fight so those are my my top five movies of of all time i mean i i agree with you it could have just been a one-off movie but i'm glad he decided to keep going with it and i think almost all rocky fans if not all rocky fans would say the same thing um but i mean that movie was i think one of the very first movies that i had sat there on the couch and watched with my dad on tv 
or our dad just on your TV. dad our dad on tv what about my dad we're brothers it's fine um uh and, and can I, I meet your dad you can meet my dad yeah yeah do you yeah. want to meet my dad yeah okay okay we'll we'll, we'll, we'll introduce our dads okay um yeah I, I love everybody who knows me knows that i love rocky i mean i got italian stallion tattooed on my chest so, it's tough to go there. I'm surprised you didn't put a Captain America movie in your top five. Look, I love Captain America. I mean, like Jimmy said, he's got the Italian stallion tattooed on his chest. I have Captain America shield tattooed on my chest. Um, I love Captain America. He's absolutely 100% my favorite superhero. I'm not going to lie. At the at the very end of Endgame, when he came back as an old man and uh, did all that different stuff. Spoiler I alert. I don't want to spoil anymore because I already know I've angered some of the Marvel fans that are listening. Um, but when everything like that happened, I, I broke down in tears. My little brother looked at me, gave me the weirdest look because he didn't, he didn't think that it was that sad. But, uh, you know, I, I love Captain America, but I have a shield tattooed on my chest for a different reason. It's because you made out with him once or what's the reason? Uh, it's a reason I'd rather not get into on this podcast. Okay. You have anything to add for that Rambo? Well, how does Dom's leg smell? Nasty. Anything to add? No? Kiss. Okay. <laughs> He's a little shy still. Okay, so we did top five movies of all time. We kind of... I'm going to call that segment Get to Know the Dancing Bear. Because okay. that's we kind of got to know... If people who are listening don't know who you are, don't understand our relationship dynamic, that's, that's how they'll be able to uh, kind of get to know you. I, I wanted to talk about recruitment in the state of Colorado. We're going to get kind of into the nitty-gritty of high school and college football, especially in Colorado. Um, so we just saw, I mean, we have a friend, Reese Atterbury, who signed to play at Michigan. Um, Eagle Crest also had another D1 football commit, their quarterback committed to Kansas State. There's been a lot of different people from Colorado the last few years, um, kind of going back to the year before me. And, and you can go back to Christian McCaffrey and Max McCaffrey, too, um, getting D1 football scholarships. But um, what do you think has been the biggest reason? Because Colorado football, people didn't take very seriously up until a few years ago. What do you think the biggest reason for that has been? Because now you're starting to see guys from Colorado play in the NFL, like uh, Philip Lindsay and Christian McCaffrey and Dalton Reisner, who's from Wiggins. So what do you think the reason for that is? Uh, I mean, like you said, I, I always feel that Colorado is kind of looked past no matter what. Uh, even though the last couple of years they've been getting uh, better at looking at kids from Colorado. And uh, I would I would just say that um, up until a couple of years ago, I mean, CU's in the Pac-12 now. They've been, kind of, they've been holding their own. They've been showing that Colorado football – uh, even though they had CU's a lot of CU's won a recruits. national championship. Well, see, CU's won a national championship. Uh, even though I feel like their Colorado recruiting has really picked up the last few years, um, they've shown that you know in Colorado uh, we we're not we're not anything necessarily to sneeze at. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think a you know a CU or CSU program would you know take down a juggernaut like Alabama or Auburn, but I feel like. Uh, you know, if that game were to come to pass, then we would be able to show that we're still here, we still exist, you know, um, and, and even though we might not have all the big names, uh, we still can play football. 
But I think it's just because, you know, everybody's been caught up in the hype of, oh, Alabama, Florida, you know, the SEC. But once you kind of get past um, there towards, you know, where we're at, everybody just kind of thinks that it tapers off. But trust me, it doesn't. There's there's a lot of good athletes still left in this state. And you brought up um, Reese Atterbury, who I played with for, I don't even know, six, seven, eight years uh through youth until um we ended up going to different high schools but you know he's he's my best friend i i can't uh express how happy i am that he um got that uh, opportunity to go to michigan it's definitely well deserved uh the kid that i really remember was back in fourth grade when he was not six foot six and 300 pounds but I, I am definitely happy that he uh, has that opportunity to go play for that big name school, um, and, and like I said, it's it's very well deserved. So, do you think that coaches are just starting to take more interest in Colorado, or do you think that the players in Colorado are getting better? Because um, I I kind of I don't know where I stand specifically on this. I do think it's a little bit of both, but. From your perspective, do you think that the athletes are better? Because um, our our dad, well, my dad played high school football in Colorado. No and, way, my dad did too. And he got an opportunity to play in college. No way. So, I mean, do you think that the players are better now than they were back when he was playing? Or do you think that the coaches are just taking more, um, taking a better look at the players in Colorado? I mean, I definitely don't think that there's a one-off answer. I think that it has to be a, a combination of multiple things. But I would say, yes, a little bit that the players are a, a, at least a little bit better um, than they were back then. But I also think that most coaches are realizing that it's kind of an untapped market, more or less. Um, there's just a bunch of talent and a bunch of people who are willing to work hard and have been, you know, I, I guess I would say blue-collar lunch pail guys. Um, you know, all the way through their youth programs and into high school that no, really nobody's paying attention to. So, I mean, if they come, they come in and um, kind of, I guess, give them an offer and, and say, Hey, if you want to come here, you're more than welcome to. And like, you know, you're going to be able to compete for a spot. And honestly, that's all you can ever ask for. I, I just feel like now that coaches are realizing that, Hey, nobody's paying attention here. If I go down there, you know, what's going to happen? Um, I, I think that's part of the reason why um, Colorado recruiting has picked up as much as it has. Uh, you mentioned McCaffrey at the beginning of the podcast. Do you think that that's going to have an effect on UNC's ability to pull Colorado kids? Because um, I'm not sure how many people from Colorado are on your team, but he's also going to have a little bit more national recruiting pull um, than your old coach is going to just because he's a two-time Super Bowl champion was a really good pro. He has a lot of all three of his, all four of his sons played high level Division One college football, and now him being at the FCS level, I think, is going to be an intriguing thing for players to come and play for, especially if they don't get the offers from if they're in Florida and they don't get an offer from Florida, Florida State, Miami. Um, they might want to come out west and see test their mark, test their metal out here. You know, I. I definitely think there's going to be a little bit of a shift. Um, how much, I have no idea. Do you think that he's going to be successful in his first year? You know, I, I think he can be. I mean, if Is you the look roster at his, set up that way? 
Yeah, actually, I mean, UNC, yes, we're a smaller school. I mean, we're Division One, technically, but yes, we're a smaller school, but we have... We have a ton of talent. We have, you know, we're gonna we're gonna work our butts off. We're um, we're not looking to, you know, take any handouts or anything like that. Um, but I, I think if you look at his track record, and Dad has said this since he got hired, if you look at his track record, the guy wins. And and bringing that type of culture to uh, UNC, you know that firsthand. I yeah, I know that firsthand. <laughs> I, I still hold on to that one win that I have against him eighth grade year. But was it in the preseason and not the championship? It was the very first game of the season. Yes. Okay. Um, but you know, I bringing that that culture and that that attitude and kind of that that little bit of swagger that he he has, I think, is going to do tremendous things. And not, I don't have anything bad to say about the old coach um, at all. I just I feel like. You know, sometimes there's a, there's a need for a culture change. And was he a little complacent? You know, I don't know if it was complacency necessarily, but I I can definitely feel. I mean, I've only talked to um, Coach McCaffrey once, but just from that one conversation that I had with him, I mean, he's the he's a nice guy, but he you can tell that he's just gonna work you you know work you as hard as he possibly can in order to prepare you, right? But I I just. I don't know if I necessarily felt the same thing um, with the old coach. And, and, again, nothing bad to say about the old coach. He was more than understanding when, when He just I, sucks. Shut up. I'm just kidding. But, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, he, he was more than understanding when I uh, got injured. Um, you, you know, he didn't, he didn't talk about, you know, doing anything to um, mess with my academic career or anything like that. And, and – all he said was, as soon as you can, you know, you better be ready to work. And uh, I, I've, I appreciated him doing that, but I also feel like this new culture that's coming in uh, to UNC is really going to put Greeley back on the map. Yeah, you guys did win national championships in 96 and 97. Uh, shout out to those who were born in 97, like myself. We're definitely better than anybody who was born after 2000. 2001, baby, let's go. Um how do you feel about your position at UNC? Do you think that you're going to be able to compete next year now that you're healthy, you're going to get back in the weight room, get stronger and bigger? Because like you said, it's a Division One program. You kind of got to be 280 small for a Division One offensive lineman. So yeah. what do you feel – how do you feel about your, uh, you know, your place at the in the program? I, I mean, I know I'm going to get a fair shake. Um, I can say that for sure. And I know that as long as I, you know, show them that I'm going to work hard and I understand the playbook and uh, I show them all those, the the football smarts that have been taught to me since, you know, third grade, something like that. Wait, you play football? Yeah, I do. Okay. Okay. Just make, you know, just going on record, I do play football. Um, but, you know. Just He's okay. Being able to show off, um, I guess, a little bit of, of the knowledge that I've been able to gain. I thought you were a curler. Curler, mm-hmm. you know, I I just couldn't figure out the sweep. I don't, I I can't. I did see how you swept the floor the other day. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, but you know, I I definitely know that I'm gonna I'm gonna get a chance and I'm gonna be able to compete. Um, but I mean, that's all I can really say. I don't <coughs> I don't uh, necessarily think that I'm you know better than anybody uh, that's up there. I love everybody who's up there, um, and you know they were more than supportive as well when I ended up having to 
um, get my shoulder fixed. But, you know, I, 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 all I can ask for is a chance, and I definitely feel like I'm going to get that chance, um, even with the new recruiting class that's coming in. Um, now, we're going to change a little bit, switch gears. Um, we I talked about my kind of medical thing that happened last week on last week's episode. Um, and you can go back and listen to that on Spotify. Uh, hold on. I, I can't remember all the different ones that it's avail- available to. I know Spotify. You can listen. You want to go back and listen to it. You can listen to it on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio, and Radio Public. Um, just search Center of Attention on those and you can listen to what happened. I don't want to have to retell that story. Um, but it was it was a pretty intense thing. It was it was pretty serious for a while, um, and I obviously didn't get a chance to kind of see how everybody was handling it or reacting to it, uh, especially since you were up at school and you were dealing with your own medical thing. You just got out of surgery the week before. Thank you for that because then we didn't have to pay for the forty thousand dollar helicopter ride or the hundred thirty five thousand dollar stay in the ICU. You're welcome, I guess. Yeah. Um, just. What were your feelings when that happened, and um, how did you deal with whatever feelings you were feeling? I don't know if you knew if it was as serious as as it was, or if you were kind of just holding out hope that it wasn't going to be that bad and everything was going to work out. I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it, um, just because I hadn't really talked about it, especially with you and especially about that side of things. Um. I don't know. I mean, I got the story from Rox um, about how she had to basically carry you into the car and how, you know, that you got turned away from a, a clinic and had to go to the emergency room and all that different stuff. But, I, I mean, I guess being closer to the situation would have given me better understanding of what um, was actually going on. Like you said, I was up at school. Um, so... You know, kind of being up there, it it almost felt like I was, I, I don't know if helpless is the right word, but I it's, it felt like I was powerless. Like I couldn't do anything um, to try and help the situation because even if I, even if I was going to try to drive, I mean, it would have been a, a six hour drive down to Grand Junction where you were at. And, you know, potentially by the time I got, I got there, it, it could have been all over. It could have been that I was just too late. And I, that's a scary thing for me to think about because, I mean, you are my, you're, you're my older brother. I feel like we've established that a couple of times on the podcast. Wait, who are you? I'm, I'm your younger brother. Nice to meet you. Where am I? Uh, you're, you're, you're at home. Um, but, you know, it. it's a scary thing when any family member... Um, has any type of episode um, like that. I mean, especially like that where you're that close to being gone. But um, it it definitely struck a different chord just because, I mean, me and you shared a room for I don't even know how long, you know, however many years. Um, So it was was almost like um, one of my best friends Oh, if not, not your best if friend. not my best friend, um, it's okay. I just was, I've just known you since you were born. Was about to be ripped away from me, and, and I couldn't do anything about it. Um, no matter what, 
I, I was just kind of stuck uh, where I was at. And, you know, the people up there can, can tell you I was definitely quieter. Um, I would probably say that almost every night, if not every night, there was probably a little bit of a crying episode. And I don't cry that often. Um, but just with everything that was going on and all the different details, like there was ups and there was downs and, uh, you know, certain things happened and it, and it might've made me angry because of the way that it was being handled and stuff like that. It, it just kind of, uh, brought out a bunch of different emotions that I don't necessarily always feel. Were you with Haley at that point? I was, yeah, I was. And I guess she would be the one who'd be able to tell you better if it was constant or if it was on and off that I was crying but I mean every I, I can't thank um, mom and dad enough for kind of keeping me in the loop and also making sure that I was okay I can't thank any you know all of our family members I can't thank Haley enough um, you know it, it just it was a terrible situation nobody should ever have to go through that but I'm more than glad that you were able to make it out and I'm more than glad that the medical staff and Grand Junction were able to help you. And, uh, you know, it, it definitely could have gone a whole lot worse than it did. Um, but it was it was still very, very scary. So what were some of the ways that you were able to cope with not knowing what was going on and not being able to be close, um, close to the situation? So how would you how were you coping with that? Uh, I was, was the crying kind of a coping method or were you doing other stuff to kind of help with that as well? I would say that the crying was probably one of the coping methods. Um, and you know, there's just certain points where you have so much, uh, emotion that you just have to get out that it, it, you know, crying just makes sense. Um, but I would also say that football was a distraction. Um, as much as it could have been. And I would say uh, schoolwork also was definitely a distraction because I almost felt like I needed to do as well as possible in those things in order to not only kind of make myself feel better, but also, uh, you know, make, make show you that you were yeah, yeah, like make you proud. Show, show that I wasn't... Uh, like, obviously I was sad, but I wasn't, you know, just dwelling on it. You didn't want to show anybody you were sad, but you didn't want it to be anybody else's problem. So you kind of took care of what you needed to take care of. Right. Right. That's, yeah, that's exactly what I would say I did. If somebody that you knew was going through a similar situation, either with a sibling or a close relative, would you recommend how you coped with it? Do you think that it would be healthy for somebody else to kind of cope with it that way or, or do you think that um you know sometimes finding somebody to talk to like a counselor or something during that time would be recommended do you think that that would be something that maybe could have helped you or do you think that you kind of coped with it the best way that you could i th i think it depends on the person um so for me that was the best way but uh you know for uh, somebody else who, you know, has a, a, a similar situation, maybe 
you know, if you're up at school, then you have to talk to some of the psychologists or the psychology professors or the counselors or something like that, just because it's better to let the emotion out than to try to hold it in. Because if you hold it in, then you're never actually going to accept it and you're never actually going to be able to get past what uh, is causing the pain. Um, but, you know, it, it just depends on the person. Um, you know, for how similar everybody is, we're all very different still. Mm. Um, and, you know, it, it just, whatever works best for you. I'm not necessarily going to suggest one way or the other, but I feel like um, if somebody gets put into that situation, then they kind of figure out almost kind of like trial by fire um what would work best for them yeah and i'm glad that it you were able to kind of deal with it the way that you were able to um i was able to make it through that and get better i we actually i got the call from the doctor's appointment that i had last friday today and, and everything's good i'm all back to normal don't have to take any more of the horse pills I'm not an 80 year old man anymore having to take all those different pills so that was it's good that it all worked out i'm glad i'm Sucks that it had to happen, but now we can all just kind of move on from it and don't have to worry about that anymore. On a lighter note, what do you want to talk about your TikTok handle first, or do you want to talk about WWE? We can probably save this towards the end, and we can do that. We can give out your TikTok handle when we give out your Twitter handle and where people can find you on social media. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good with saving that for the end. So, Lana and Bobby Lashley. They're getting married. For those, I, I talked about it in the trailer. Uh, I'm a pretty big WWE fan. Dom is also a huge WWE fan. He actually still watches a lot more than I do. Um, it's a little bit much for me to watch anymore. But, uh, yeah, so let's just get into it. Lana and Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley asked Lana to marry him. She said yes. That is a hell of a good-looking couple, by the way. Look, I, I'm not going to dispute. Lana is, is a beautiful woman. Bobby Lashley is a mountain of a man. Don't get me wrong. So, yes, they are a beautiful couple. However, I absolutely hate that storyline. And it, I, I get that it's worked in the past. I mean, you had a, you had a somewhat similar storyline uh, with, um, what was it, Beck? I mean, it was similar because it had a relationship uh, that was possibly getting shattered in it. But it Edge was, and Matt Hardy. Edge and Matt Hardy. You had uh, a similar one, I guess, to me would have been uh, when it was Triple H and Randy Orton, when Randy Orton RKO'd Stephanie. Um, to me, that's similar because, you know, that relationship could have been shattered. And Rusev and Lana's relationship was shattered because of Bobby. That's why I think Randy Orton wasn't hitting on Stephanie, though. Uh, he did kiss her after he RKO'd her. Yeah, to get inside Triple H's head. He wasn't trying to break up their relationship. And honestly, for all we know, it could have been Bobby Lashley trying to get into Rusev's head. I Look, for some what people, reason, Rusev wasn't even a champion. Because, I don't know, that's just how the WWE wrote it. I don't know. But I would say, I, I don't like those storylines because I feel like it's somewhat overplayed. And it it could, if you write it right, it could be, it could work. Like the Edge and Matt Hardy situation that was very well written. Could have been better. It could have been better, but it, it was very well written. And, and I feel like it, it brought everybody back, if even if they were thinking about stopping uh, watching WWE. Um, this one, I, I really don't think I really don't think it's going to bring very many people back. And not only that, but people have been arguing that um, 
Bobby Lashley is actually doing Rusev a favor. I mean, he's supposedly if uh, there's a divorce, but somebody else, you know, uh, asks one person to marry them, uh, then there doesn't have to be a settlement. So everybody's t- taking the uh, the money route and saying that uh, not only is Rusev getting Lana taking off his hands, but now he doesn't have to pay a settlement. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but to me, that's just not the WWE writing that I want to watch. I I have started watching a little bit more of AEW because they're they don't their storylines are all about well I don't like you, you don't like me, so let's fight and whoever wins wins. And you know, there's no there's no like weird love triangle type thing, divorces. Just wait. I mean Brandy Rhodes is bound to have an affair at some point and i'm sure that's gonna happen but at least for right now i've switched not all the way over to aew but i've kind of gotten on the aew train that's surprising to me because when it first came out i was the one who was more interested in watching aew um you were definitely trying to hold on to wwe a little bit more um i i really enjoyed what cody rhodes has been doing since he left the company and everybody's been really bet bad everybody who's left wwe has bad mouthed the writing and the writers and how they handle creative um it all you have to do is look at how they handled dean ambrose when he was on his way out and he talked about it on talk is jericho one of the the pot of thunder and rock and roll one of the best podcasts in the world with le champion le champion and uh, he talked about how poorly everything was handled on his way out and it could have been done a lot better he could have made a bigger star out of people and they just kind of decided to bury they basically decided to bury him on the way out which is normally what they do anyways um but how do you do you enjoy AEW because I kind of started watching it and it's basically all about the commentators when I watch wrestling and I was a huge WWE fan when it was um Taz and Cole and Jerry Lawler and um JR because they were, I think the commentary is what makes it more most interesting, plus the matches. Um, it's a completely different style in AEW. So, do you like how they? Do you like watching AEW wrestling, or are you just kind of rebelling a little bit from WWE because they pissed you off? I mean, I guess it could be considered a little bit of both. I mean, yes, I'm mad at the writing. I feel like, you know, anybody who watches WWE understands that over the last you know, however many years, at least five, I would say, the writing has has definitely taken a turn for the worse. Um, But, I I mean, I do enjoy watching the AEW uh, matches. I feel like, you know, if you throw the Young Bucks in against any tag team, it's going to be a great match. Uh, Is it a great match, or is it just a spot fest? I'll tell you you this. In this last week's... um, AEW Dynamite, they had a tag team championship match against SCU, and I'm... SCU is pretty good. SCU is very good, and so are the Young Bucks. Putting both of them in the same ring at the same time was probably the best the best choice that AEW could have done, uh, could have made. Um, but, I, I mean, the action is, is very well done. There, there's so many different athletes. There's so many different. I mean, it's for anybody. You got Kenny Omega, who's kind of like a hybrid between power and and speed. You got people like uh, I think it's Pentagon Junior. I, I want to say his name is 
um, who's a part of the Lucha Brothers, I think, um, who who kind of reminds me as, of, a, of a younger Rey Mysterio where, you know, there's a ton of flips off the ropes. I mean, uh, and then you got people like Jericho, who's kind of like the grizzled, the grizzled veteran who um, is trying to more or less steer the ship into, uh, I guess, the, the open water for less of a, or for lack of a better... Uh, Best heel of all time. Yeah, in he, wrestling. I mean, he, he's he's definitely the best heel of all time. He's still great on the mic. I th- I want to say it's been him and Cody who are the two who have really gotten any type of mic time. Um, and, and like you said, uh, since Cody Rhodes has left WWE, I mean, he was great in WWE. Don't get me wrong. He, mm. he in my opinion, he's one of the better Intercontinental Champions that they've had, that they've had. Um, but you know, since he went to New Japan and he joined the Bullet Club and the elite and then he came over here and started AEW he's just been doing some amazing things and not only that but he got huge powerhouses and uh, Kenny Omega uh, Chris Jericho John Moxley the Young Bucks all you know it, it's John got, Moxley's Dean Ambrose John Moxley is Dean Ambrose but and I'm still mad that uh, WWE did him the way that they did but you know he's he's got he's got all the ingredients for this great just night of television and I, and I feel like they are the ones who are taking it taking care of it uh, the way that, that WWE should honestly WWE has been been around since what was it the seventies and eighties depending on what you count WWE as um, the territories kind of stopped in the eighties you can technically. WWE really became a big thing in the first WrestleMania, which I think was 85 or something like that. So we'll say mid-80s. They've been around for, you know, 30-plus years, thirty now almost 35 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they've had success. They've, they've definitely had their downs. Um, but, you know, they, they've... At this point, it's it's like they're... I hate to say it, but it's like they're going the way of WCW. And... And if that ends up happening, then I guess good for AEW. And uh, I'm going to be sad, but, you know, it, it's kind of in their hands. If, if they don't improve the writing, I feel like they're just going to lose out. And there's nothing that they can do about it except for try to change the storylines. Do you think that... Do you think that McMahon would run WWE into the ground before giving up control or... If they get to the point where they were against WCW when they were losing, I think they lost for an entire year and a half in the ratings war. Do you think that he would give up power to Triple H and Stephanie because they run NXT and NXT is pretty big? I mean, they um, when AEW Dynamite premiered, they tried to premiere NXT on USA the same night and the ratings weren't even close. AEW killed NXT, but a lot of people enjoy what they're doing down in full sale. So do you think that McMahon would give up power before he let the company die? Or do you think that he's just going to kamikaze this thing into the ground? I Honestly, I feel like he's probably going to kamikaze it into the ground. I He's as, he's as stubborn as he was back when he was you know, a, a more full-time character on TV when he was shooting with Stone Cold and, you know... Uh, what? Stone Cold. What? Stone Cold. What? Um, and... Uh, you know, I he's he's as stubborn as he was back then, and I I feel like before he signs the the uh, ownership rights over to Triple H and Stephanie, 
um, he would definitely run it into the ground. And then by the time, if he were to sign over the rights, there wouldn't be anything left to save. Um, but, I mean, if he looks at the NXT talent and the NXT, uh, like how it's going and all that different stuff, it I feel like without a, without a doubt, he, he should be deciding to sign over at least more ownership to those two because they are... I mean, in my opinion, NXT is the only light at the end of the tunnel for WWE right now. And I don't know if anybody else would agree, but, I mean, they got people like Finn Balor, Adam Cole. Um, the Finn that, Balor you know, thing was not on them. He got hurt when he was supposed to start getting his push. No, and I agree. And, and, and I, you know how bad that injury was, except he tore his rotator cuff along with his labrum. And, and I agree. I feel like... They were pushing him at the right time. I mean, he was this young up-and-comer who just... Well, he was about to beat the biggest heel in the company at the time. In 100%. Rollins. 100%. And he did. And he and he was the first ever Universal Champion. That That is one of the the best things I can say about the this modern era of um, WWE is that I feel like they're giving a lot more young guys. What about like, Cena's U.S. title challenge? If you want to talk about best moments in the modern era of WWE, that was basically a guaranteed five-star match for the, the however many weeks that he did it. Oh, 100%. And, and I think that's why they always kept the U.S. open uh, open title challenge, or title open challenge. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. U.S. title open challenge. There Words are go. hard for math. Words majors. are hard for math, guys. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like that's why they did it every week because, um, you know, you, you, you at least had, you know, a 20 minute or however long that spot was going to be where it was good, if not great wrestling. And, and don't get me wrong. Cena is the best, one of the best performers of, of this generation, if not the best. He's better I, I'd say he's better than Hulk Hogan because he's been on top longer than Hulk Hogan and he can wrestle Hulk yeah, Hogan couldn't wrestle exactly and, and you know you can put pretty much anybody in that mat in that ring with him and it's gonna be you know a, a three and a half four star match just because he he sells everything he knows how to tell a story he doesn't even have to like he doesn't have to go for the big boot into the leg drop just to get everybody to pop like you know a, a simple you can't see me, and then he throws a right hand that knocks people down. Like, everybody, you're either booing him or you're cheering him. He's always got the crowd involved. But now that he's out, do you, you don't really have a, a guy like that. I mean, you had one in Rollins, but now they're turning him heel because they have basically a Stone Cold 2.0 in Kevin Owens, which, honestly, I love that Kevin Owens is the new uh, anti-hero. But I, I, I don't know if you necessarily have that guy anymore and i don't know if you can ever make that guy again he he was truly a once in a lifetime performer and you know there's a reason why he's tied with rick flair for the number of world championships that he has yeah rick flair needs to die so they can give him the record but I, uh, that's I the reason why ever will the reason that they're not going to is because Ric Flair's still alive. It's the same thing. Ric Flair's suing WWE for Becky Lynch using the man because Flair was supposed to get some sort of royalties from her using that, and they haven't paid on it. Uh, we can talk for a while about the inner workings of WWE, and we we aren't even the most 
we're yeah we aren't even the most versed in the inner workings of the WWE. So before I ask my last question on that, you you can say your final thought. Um, the one thing I I I do like that they did was they basically they redid but didn't really redo Bray Wyatt Bray Wyatt's gimmick. So he's still that same uh, more or less supernatural uh, character. Um, and, and the fiend is an amazing, like, you know, great writing. Uh, it had to have been him collaborating with the writers because I don't think that they would have been able to come up with that on their own. But Wyatt came up with it on his own. There, so see, so I, I I love that gimmick. I think it fits him perfectly. I, I liked him back when he was a part of the Wyatt family, where he was the you know the original Bray Wyatt. Um, I I like him better now. But I also think that you have to come up with some type of adversary against it. Like, they're trying to use Daniel Bryan in The Miz. Like, don't get me wrong. The Miz and Daniel Bryan, both of them great performers. The Miz, or the, the Miz has been said to be one of the best performers uh, in this generation. So has Daniel Bryan. Um, but I, I feel like, to me, those two seem more like mid-talent, like intercontinental U.S. title possibly you throw them into like a fatal four-way to see who faces the world champion and they they perform well but they end up being the ones who like get screwed over or lose or something like that but i feel like you you have to kind of find somebody who can be that main event against bray wyatt in order for the ratings and and the writing to get better i like i'm not going to say necessarily necessarily that it's roman reigns i mean he's he's a great performer I like his feud against King Corbin, all that different stuff, but I don't know if you necessarily throw him in there. I don't know if you, uh, you know, call somebody from the NXT roster, bring him over and try that again. I don't know, but, um, or I don't know if you throw Dolph Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler in there. I don't think you do. I think he's a great intercontinental and U.S. champion, but I don't know. I don't know what they're going to end up having to do, but you got to find somebody who's, who can be a you know a long feud with Wyatt as opposed to just a one-off match or you know two matches and then it's done. Yeah, I, I agree with you that I, the Fiend is a really good character and I think that Wyatt's probably the best at using all every single gimmick that the WWE has given him and all of the gimmicks that he's come up with subsequent after that have kind of worked because um, he started as Husky Harris. I don't even know if you remember Husky Harris. I do. And after the NXT thing where they got blown up, he kind of snapped and became a crazy cult leader and then had the Wyatt family and then he snapped again and now he's the Fiend. So I I think that that's one of the better characters. The thing that you have to think about with the Fiend is that he's basically the new Undertaker and Undertaker didn't have the best adversaries all the time. A lot of those WrestleMania matches, we talk about the 21 match winning streak at WrestleMania, a lot of those matches sucked. A lot of those matches were awful. I mean, he wrestled Giant Gonzalez in, in one of them, King Kong Bundy in another. So I don't necessarily think that it's the way, like the wrestler that he's going to go against. I think it's the way they handle the gimmick and if they protect it like they should. And you know what? One thing I will say about Bray Wyatt is whatever you give him, he like you said, he's going he's gonna to make the best of it. I mean, even when he was Husky Harris, he, he was still doing his best to try to make that gimmick work. I mean, obviously it didn't or else it would it would still be around. Uh, but then when he became, you know, the cult leader, he that was years that he was the cult leader. 
And then even when they broke up the cult, he was still technically the cult leader. And then after that, when they put him in a tag team with Matt Hardy and he was woken, you know, he he took that and ran with it as, as much as he could. And then now that he's back as the Fiend, I'm sure we're going to have, you know, at least a couple years of of him, you know, being, being that uh, thing that's supposed to haunt your nightmares like The Undertaker was. Now, is he is he going to be as big as The Undertaker? No, I don't think anybody ever will. But, you know, I think he would be on the right track as to put his name up there next to The Undertaker's. So, last question about WWE. I want to know who your favorite WWE wrestler is of all time, and I want to know your favorite either match or feud. And while I'll give you some time to think about it, my favorite superstar of all time, without a doubt, Eddie Guerrero. He's the first one that I actually cried when he died. It was unfortunate that he died when he did because he was finally, I think that he was finally getting probably to the peak of his career. He had just won and lost the WWE Championship. Uh, he was about to win it again. No, I don't think he was about to win it again. He but was about to get his second push. The WWE already said that and then he died. But he he's one of my favorites of all time. I love he's he's also a part of my favorite match of all time, the nineteen ninety nine Halloween Havoc against Rey Mysterio when Mysterio was in the purple suit. Mm-hmm. My favorite match of all time. I think it's probably one of the best matches ever. And I've had debates with people about it and even if they aren't huge Eddie Guerrero fans, they still agree that, that he's one of the best wrestlers and that's one of the best matches of all time. So those are my two. So now, let's get your thoughts uh, on those two questions. Best wrestler, or my favorite wrestler of all time. Your favorite wrestler of all time. I mean, based off of that same Halloween Havoc match that you're talking about. Don't be the same. Don't be similar. No, no, no. I'm I'm just, uh, he's not my favorite, but he is one of my favorites, is Rey Mysterio. I mean, even now he's holding his own against some of the the new talent like Andre, or Andrade, not Andre. Um, Andrade Cien Almas. Yeah, his name is just Andrade now. They shorten their names. The WWE likes to do that. Um, Andrade Cien Almas. I mean, he's holding his own against guys like that. He was in. He was. He's in also the holding his own in the dating market. He is. I didn't know that. I didn't know about that. But anyways, no, he's holding his own in the dating market. He's he's got Charlotte Flair's heart. Oh, I didn't. I wasn't paying attention to that. I guess they've been dating for a while. Oh, you're talking about Andrade. Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking. I, no, Ray's married. Back, Ray's yeah. married. He has that's a do- I, he has a daughter and a son. That's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. Um, but he's he's probably not my favorite of all time. I, I would I would say Triple H. I mean, all the way back, they did that documentary on him back when he was the yeah you know, the, the King stuck of up Connecticut uh, dude to the what? King of Kings to the cerebral assassin. So Hunter let's see Hurst how Helmsley. let's see how well you know your Triple H history. Um, which company did he start in? Did he start in WCW? Okay, he did start in WCW. Who was his trainer? Oh, man, I should definitely know this, too. Mom is going to be so mad that you didn't know this. Mom and Dad both. I know that he was a big trainer of, of that of that era. I know that for sure. And I know that's not saying a lot. Killer Kowalski was his right, trainer. Right, right, right. And uh, what was his first name in WCW? Because Killer Kowalski barely spoke English. And wanted to put Triple H on a show because he was oh, one of right. the better ones. He was supposed, uh, he was supposed to, because his last name was Levesque, right? Paul Levesque. Or... That's not his first no, name. No, I, I know that's no, not but... his first name, but that based, that's how they no. came up with his first name. No, Killer Kowalski walked in to the training room, said, "You're going to be on the, you're going to be on the show, and he, your name is going to be the Terrorizer." 
And Triple H didn't want it to just be uh, the and then whatever word. So he's like, can I have a first name? Like a first and a last name? He's like, you want the name? First and last? And he wrote, he drew a line in the middle of Terrorizer. Your first name is Terror, your last name is Rising. I remember remember that now, but um, wow. I actually forgot that Kirk Kowalski was his first trainer. That's kind of sad. But he he would definitely be um, one of my favorites of all time. Or my favorite of all time, sorry. Um, one of my favorite videos on YouTube of all time is when he went to the original Toughen Up, Tough Enough, and uh, was kind of more or less giving the competitors a hard time, um, saying like, "Oh, you you can't do this just because you're like you're sore. Like you're on the road, however many weeks a year, you're gonna be sore. You're gonna have injuries. You're gonna have to play through them." And then I also love that uh, when he tried to throw a punch in the other guy. Uh, wasn't selling correctly. He was like, if you sell like that, I'm actually going to tag you. And he kept doing it, and he, he knocked him out. And then when one guy tried to take a bump, there was a hole in his shorts, and he's like, dude, you got a hole in your shorts. But, you know, that's just one of my favorite. Like, he's, he's obviously a great performer, but to me he also seems like, you know, a pretty fun guy to be around. Um, so, it, you know, if he, if he were to call me right now and say, well, no, you want like, you want a job, hell yeah, I want a job. Like, no doubt about it. That's just me. So now, who's your favorite? Which favorite, either feud or match? Feud. I, I gave you my favorite match. My favorite feud, probably gonna be Batista and Triple H. Batista, the new one? No. Okay, I was gonna say I, I didn't like. The I don't new like one. Batista You're after he left. You're talking about back, back when they were when, when he, he first won the world, evolution. when he first won the world heavyweight championship, and then. Had the three classic matches against Triple H. I agree that that's a very that's a that's one of the best uh, rivalries that they've ever had. Yep. Um, favorite feud. Oh man, I mean, I kind of liked the, and this will show you, I guess, kind of how young I am. But um, I, I did like the Daniel Bryan uh, versus Triple H, like versus the Authority type when he won his uh, WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Um, and that match was, it, I mean, it was slow and it was somewhat sloppy, but I thought the meaning behind it was good. Um, the match wasn't slow. I, it was a triple my, threat match. In my opinion, though, it, it was just because you you had a you had a speed guy like Daniel Bryan, who, you know, he I mean he's new-ish, newer I guess. He had been this was his third time being signed with WWE. He was released twice, and. Uh, you know, you had the the veterans of Orton and uh, Batista, where Orton, I would say, is, I mean, did better than Batista just because Batista was a little bit older. But I, to me, that was probably one of the best feuds. If That was probably my favorite feud to watch, just to watch go down. Um, but then they screwed him over after that. Anyway. They didn't, they didn't screw him over. He got hurt. They didn't give him another chance until recently to get the WWE Championship back, and he had to win it using a low blow against AJ Styles. And that was I that's think, because last whenever year. anybody turns on AJ Styles, they have to hit him in the dick. Oh, fair enough. Well, I mean, he he was the poster boy for SmackDown, but um, favorite feud. That was your favorite feud. Oh favorite yeah, you're match. right. Favorite match. I'm not going to lie, some of the matches between Andrade and uh, Rey Mysterio have been insane. Uh, they both have that Lucha background, um, so some of the moves that they pull out are just crazy. 
Um, Pull out game strong. Okay. Uh, I guess you could put it that way. Uh, I did like the Randy Orton Bray Wyatt feud back when Randy joined the Wyatt family and then broke him up match. to win. Match. Favorite match. Oh, you're right. Well, I did like that match. But um, favorite match. Man, I did like uh, Finn Balor Seth Rollins. That that might have been my favorite match to for watch, the, even though for the for the Universal Championship, even though uh, you know it was terrible that Finn ended up getting hurt. He wrestled through it. He performed amazing through it. Ramble, get out of your get out of your butt. He he performed amazing even with that injury. And I know I now know firsthand. You now know firsthand at least somewhat because we didn't tear a rotator cuffs with it, but. We know that how happened painful, after I didn't mind. We know how painful it is. Um, and for him to keep going like that and to, uh, you know, rem- still even remember after all of that how the story was supposed to go and all the different spots and stuff like that, um, I think that, that was just a, a very well done match. I mean, it was an it was a inaugural championship match for the Universal title. And honestly, I think you could have put anybody in there with Finn and it, it would have been good. Um, so yeah, that would have, that would have been my favorite match. Yeah, those are all good matches. Um, so we're we're at about an hour and fifteen ish minutes, and we we got through a lot of stuff that we wanted to talk about. We only have a few more things, um, but yeah, I will we'll definitely have to do another podcast. So we can focus on wrestling a lot more if you want to. Um, I haven't watched enough of it recently to know about a lot that's going on. I, I think I'd like to get a little bit more into the AEW stuff next time, just because I mean we touched on it a little bit, but some of like like I said, the stuff that they're doing is pretty interesting. The next time that we talk about it, we'll break out a little bit of the bubbly, so we can talk about Le Champion. Oh, Le Champion! Yeah, you you have to break out a little bit of the bubbly if you're going to talk about him. Yeah, I just don't drink that much champagne, so I don't have any of the bubbly. Right I've now. never drank champagne before in my life, and I'm still not old enough to do it, Jimmy. You know you're. Not that many people listen. You can admit to have having alcohol now. No. Oh. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. Um, we're gonna end with this before we go into all your social media handles. But this is, like I said, this is coming out the day after Christmas, so we will have had our. It'll be my twenty third Christmas at Grandma Fiore's house. It's gonna be at Uncle Ryan's house, but. You know what I'm talking about. Um, I explained that the Fioris always get together on Christmas Eve, and that's been a thing ever since Grandpa Fiori way back when. What's your best and worst Christmas memory that can involve either when we were at the whatever we were at, like Christmas party, or it could involve your favorite present that you've ever gotten, your your least favorite present that you've ever gotten. Um, So best and worst Christmas memory to kind of wrap this up and uh, then we'll go into social media handles before we end the show. You put one of the cringiest videos that I think I've ever seen on TikTok, but I do follow you. You don't follow me back. I'm not, I'm not hurt about it. I'm just fucking annoyed. I have not been on TikTok in the last couple of days. So when I get back on there, I'll give you a follow back. But I want to say Twitter is at Dom Palato, D O M P A L L O T T O all lowercase. Instagram is at DomPilato63, same spelling, just with a 63 at the end, and it's all lowercase. Why did you change it from DPilato? I honestly don't know. I don't remember why I did. 
But oh, it was because I was getting recruited, and uh, Dad said that I should probably be more clear about what my name is. I don't know, something like that. Um, Chicka Chicka Slim Shady. There you go. Uh, and then I want to say the TikTok is D Palato seventy three. D P A L L O T T O seven three. Why seventy three? Because that was the or that was the name that it came up with uh, when I put in my email. Okay. So, so those are your social media handles. Thanks for being a guest. I think that this is going to be a lot. A lot of people are going to enjoy this episode, and we'll have to get you back on at some point. But I think that I think that was a good episode. I enjoyed having you on. I hope you enjoyed being on. Um, but thanks for listening to Center of Attention, guys, and we'll be back next week. Everybody have a good Christmas. Hope everybody had a good Christmas because this is coming out afterwards. Um, but thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week.